and welcome to my Live to Spark podcast. I'm Erica Teo Etienne. For the past 15 years, I've been helping to empower individuals to reach their work and personal goals through sharing know-hows, lessons learned, and cultivating healthy mindsets so that they can improve their processes to generate the best outcome. In recent years, I've helped mid-career women to reach their life, career, and family goals by inspiring them on their journey of self-discovery so that they can become individuals that are more engaged to lead a fruitful life. In this podcast, I will share tips, tools, and ways to develop a healthy mindset that can help you to become more successful, overcome challenges, and setbacks in life. I believe that every woman has unlimited potential to find her shine within her own areas in life. So join me in this journey and live to spark together. Hello and welcome to this episode. As some of you listening in may be aware, Singapore is a small country and we have rapidly developed the country from a third world country back in the 1960s. Today, we can count ourselves as a first world country with efficient public transport system, housing for both public and private sector. We have comparative medical infrastructure and healthcare system. Efforts are put in by our government to ensure core part of medical care is still accessible to the poor. Education is structured and nurture our young. I'm often reminded how fortunate we are in Singapore to be taken care of as I travel to some of the surrounding Southeast Asia region that are less developed. As I joined my first company after my postgraduate degree, I came to realise architecture is a sunset industry in Singapore. I was definitely late in the game. We already had pioneers in the architecture realm that have put forth master planning that shaped our country, put in charge of key infrastructure works. These pioneers have worked hard and left the younger generation with works of monumental works. It was no surprise, this is a cutthroat industry which is highly competitive among firms for the limited number of built projects in Landscar Singapore. The hours were long, the clients were demanding, and the authorities required projects to satisfy an ever-growing list of regulators. And I ever mentioned the legal liabilities this profession carries. As I worked through the years in architecture as a consultant, there was always episodes where I experienced burnout. The effect from working long hours snowballed as I took on long, bigger and more complex projects. Although I have learned a lot while I was working, which kept me engaged, I was physically exhausted. It wasn't something that could be erased if I took a couple of days off for mental wellness. That short relief will soon be taken over by the punishing hours and it wasn't long before the exhaustion was set in again. Coupled with life experiences, change, I got married, I had a new baby coming along, priorities shifted dramatically. It was no longer just about myself. It slowly dawned onto me, I cannot throw my whole family aside and bury myself face down into work, work and work only. What is work if it kept me away most of the time? And when I come back, everybody's already asleep and you don't know what's happening to everyone in the family. Home is not a hotel like in my younger days when my mother used to complain that I only come home late into the night to bathe and sleep. Then in the day, I disappear out of the door and not to be seen again until late. The repeat mood cannot be the way I choose to live my life with my family. I thought deep and hard, eventually convinced that there is this need to spend time to care for my family, to connect with them, to be there with my family. Besides, work is never smooth sailing. We have our ups and downs in our work. There will be days we are seen doing our best delivering projects, 
handling everyone on the construction team with stellar outputs. But on the other hand, there'll be days of stress to deliver a project that is already way overdue, or we met with lots of challenges at work. There are days tensions ring high, when your client breathes down my neck constantly to meet certain deadlines. These deadlines were committed by them to their own bosses, and they just stressed me to deliver so that they could deliver. Coupled with limited time with stretch manpower resources that can help with the drawings, the submissions, the back-end work, and so on, sometimes I ask myself, if my clients think I'm 7-Eleven, for those of you who may not be familiar, 7-Eleven is a chain convenience store that's open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So I feel like being treated as if my client thinks design options and proposals or materials or response to any buyer's request is like them wanting into a convenience store when the things are off the shelf and they can grab and go. But it doesn't work like that in the back end. I need to speak to my other consultants to ensure that the change can be carried out. I need to get my contractor to assess it objectively and say it can be done with no implications on their end. At times, we need to challenge each other a little to stretch possibilities based on the conditions at that moment, based on the work progress at that point in time. Little steps of fact-finding that takes time. Because it goes against my work principles to agree to do everything at no additional cost to anyone. I learned that this would be unfair. If changes take rework, changes take compromise, I think it's only fair to talk about it openly. We need to discuss and validate and convince, and then a decision can be made whether to go ahead or not. This was one of the key reasons I eventually left my first job. Because I did not feel that my boss at that time was administering the contract fairly to our contractors. If there is a change in design, they should be paid fairly for the rework. Even when there was already another consultant who verified separately and confirmed it was a fair amount with substantiation, my ex-boss refused to endorse the necessary paperwork. I was sandwiched in between and felt embarrassed by the lack of professionalism from my ex-boss. But other than preparing the necessary paperwork with drawings and speaking to clients who were also convinced to pay for the additional amount, I couldn't do anything else to make my boss budge and sign on the paper. Some clients simply gave the additional payment directly to the contractors. I learned through this experience that if certain practices do not align my professional values, then it's time to move on. For a period of time, I personally felt bad about not being able to process the paperwork that needed to be administered so that the additional payment due to the contractors can be made. But over time, and reflecting on these incidences, I concluded it only makes my ex-boss look bad because this is ultimately his decision not to endorse on the paperwork. And this is not because I did not diligently follow up with the paperwork. For you who is listening in to this episode right now, if you happen to face a similar episode, I hope my sharing here will help you to reflect and choose the right way forward. Coincidentally, my company where I did my internship was expanding their teams. So they reached out to me again to join them again. I was happy to accept their offer and I was very grateful. It showed my hard work efforts paid off while I was an intern and they remembered to ask me when there were job openings. Two years went by before I decided it was time to move on to bigger architectural consultancy firm and work on even bigger projects. I wanted to see more, so I bid farewell, and then I made another job switch. All in all, I spent about 10 years as an architectural consultant, moving for small, medium, and large firms. 
And finally, I decided I need to expand my horizon to see more things related to the construction industry and not get stuck as a consultant. I had to find a way to evolve and it was part of natural progression that as a lead consultant overseeing construction projects, I managed to land myself a job as a project manager for a developer. Unfortunately, in the short two years I was working with the developer, their business focus changed and with the increasing prices of land and on-block sales prices, coupled with growing authorities' requirements, my developer employer had to refocus back to other parts of their business that are more lucrative. But I had learned a thing or two during my two years as a project manager in a developer firm during which I broadened my perspective and I was able to apply my knowledge into my current job that my recruiter recommended. I was offered, and even though I had no prior formal training in what I do in my current job, I jumped at the chance. It was a steep learning curve with on-the-job training in a huge organisation. I'm ever thankful the company was willing to sponsor my request for training to get a professional certificate by an international institute for the subject matter that I do. With this change, I evolved and learned because I was not afraid to try something new. I was willing to approach this career switch with an open mind, something that was related to the construction industry but in a different realm. The path may not always be smooth sailing in a new career, but it helped that there was a team within which we exchanged work experiences to help us better handle stakeholders to push for a culture shift. I've learned that sometimes when the opportunity presents itself to us, it may not be apparent what it may mean for me at that moment. But it's entirely up to us as individuals to make the best out of the experience. We owe it to ourselves to ask, what do I learn out of this? And how can I apply it to add value to others' life in future? And to make the process of what we do a meaningful journey for ourselves. To some of you listening into this podcast right now and are considering a career switch, my experience tells me it is possible, provided you approach it with an open mind and you are willing to learn. The learning may be on the job learning or getting a certification before starting. There will always be surprises along the way because theories remain theories on paper. A lot of knowledge is not taught through the books, but through life experiences and handling work along the way. And as you learn, you collect experiences and examples to demonstrate theories you learn. These remain the most precious knowledge because these examples show you that you're able to flash paper theories out in real life and give you lessons learned. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so honoured to have you here. Now, if you'd like to keep going and you want to know more about our mentorship, training programmes and e-commerce products, Come on and visit me over at livetospark.com. That's L-I-V-E-T-O-S-P-A-R-K.com. And if you happen to get this episode from a friend or family member, be sure to subscribe to our email list over there. Because once you're subscribed, you'll become one of my Live to Spark family. Life has always got twists and turns. You can learn to go with the flow, breathe deeply, and remember, we will live the spark together. Sending you my love, and I speak to you soon. Bye for now.